0: Hey, I've got an exciting interview for you today. One of the top master franchisees in the country, actually in all of North America, is with us today. Do you even know what a master franchise is? If you're interested in franchising, you're going to want to hear this one. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Hey, I've got Craig Holmberger with me, uh, a friend of 20 plus years. Let me give the audience a quick introduction. Craig, thanks for being with me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Craig, a great story of career transition out of the big corporate world. That's why he and I, I think, are such good friends or hit it off early on because uh, we both had that same kind of experience. Uh, he now owns and leads the largest, most successful master franchise in all of North America for the number one business coaching company, Action Coach. Uh, they also uniquely own individual unit franchises within their territories, so we'll probably talk about that. Uh, he loves working and mentoring driven entrepreneurs, people that want to get into business for themselves, uh, people that are also with him, like him, like me, committed to legacy, committed to leaving something behind, really making a difference in this world. He's a great man of integrity, great man of faith. Craig, my buddy, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Don. Excuse me. Very excited to see you again today.
0: Yeah, man, yeah, man. So, hey, let's get started right in, because as I, as uh, we were chatting offline here for a couple of seconds, I, there's so many different angles we can take, I think, by having you on. This is going to be such an awesome uh, interview today. So, let's just get started. Give us a couple minutes on on this whole transition, you know, the career transition out of corporate. Uh, I know your story, but sh- share that story for a couple of minutes to get us started.
1: Yeah, so... You know, climbing a corporate ladder, mergers, acquisitions, business turnarounds in the Fortune 200 world, and uh, road warrior, and uh, my my only daughter at the time. She learned how to walk on the second day of a two-week trip out of the country for one of our acquisitions, and I took two out of three weeks of pretty much the first year of her life. And I, I, I when I came home eleven days after she learned how to start walking. Um, uh, it it really was the beginning of the end of the corporate journey. So I was on the track to make president someday and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, I stopped all the travel, bounced around the corporate world for the next three years, looking for the Holy grail of a corporate gig where I could have balance and passion for my work. Oh yeah. (laughs) The culture I could thrive in and the upward mobility and income and, and, working with and for people I truly trusted and respected. And and it seemed like the only thing that was always there, the consistent was they paid pretty well. At least I thought. And, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, the rest was kind of a, you know, flip of the coin. And, uh, I, I was sitting around a boardroom table three, three years to the month after my daughter learned how to, how to walk. And, uh, and I looked at, at this boardroom, and the other people sitting around the boardroom table discussing a pretty uh, important, significant situation that was going on. And I went, oh, my gosh, I can't do this anymore. My whole my whole career flashed before my eyes in an instant. And I realized uh, a lot of these people are pretty senior to me, um, closer to retirement, all that kind of stuff. That somewhere along the lines, they sold out for the golden parachute, the golden handcuffs, all that. So I called my wife on my way back to my office from there and I said, I'm done. Time that we start our own business. I, I'm not quitting yet because I needed to bring home the bacon. But uh, uh, she's like, good. It's about time. And uh, so I so I went on the journey of finding the right business for me. So So that was what led me out of the corporate world, yeah.
0: That's awesome. And isn't it? I always found it interesting how much as employees and executives and when we're climbing that ladder, how much we invest, how much we put in, how much we sacrifice. And yet, you know, in in 30 days, you know, they'll have a replacement for us even when we leave. (coughs) Exactly. They (laughs) they forget
1: about you in two seconds.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep, yep. So so you 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 started to look then and and again, I know you looked at a couple of different brands, um, but when you chose Action Coach, I know you had the choice of an individual franchise unit versus the master franchise. So today a lot of what I want to share with the audience is going to be around that master model. So let's start talking about that. Why did you choose the master model uh versus you know being a coach in in, you know, just being a standalone coach and building that kind of a business?
1: Yeah. Uh, good question, Don. I, I was actually more interested in the coaching side of the fence when I first came in. And uh, the the thing that ultimately, Action Coach preferred to sell me a master franchise because they didn't have one in our area, a lot more money for mm-hmm. them. And, and, and when I looked at it on a cursory level, I thought, eh, I don't know, it's a lot more money and and my split of the royalties and stuff like that isn't as much as I could charge a client. So purely economically and purely for personal interests, I, I just love the business. The business. That's so what led me into this space in the first place versus other spaces and, and helping people and working with leaders and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, ah, I'm, I'm just gonna do the regular coaching franchise. And, and I still had like six or eight weeks before I could even go to my initial uh, training. And they're like, look, take take a harder look at it, and we'll still we'll do either one, and uh, and I did, and my wife and I talked about it, and we did a pros and cons of each one, and at the end of the day, there was there was probably uh, one big one that stuck out, uh, and that was. If they would have put a master franchise in my territory after I was here that I would have otherwise not chosen to do business with, that would have been a bigger issue given my personality Mm. than just the economics or anything like that. I I thought, man, I'm leaving because of some of the people that I I worked with and worked for and, and how they kind of sold out at a certain point just to make a buck and they'd throw their grandmother under the bus to make, you know, to make bonus at the end of the quarter. And, and I didn't want the, the brand, the franchisor to eventually potentially put somebody in the master slot after I was already here in a franchisee unit slot that I would not have respected enough to do business with. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to mitigate that risk. And, uh, and, and so
0: that that was probably the big reason for me. And this is an important point for for my audience, is we have we have folks that are that are interested in buying a franchise, and it's something that I often talk about. And that is being sure you're aligned. <clears throat> if, if if there's no master, being sure you're aligned, you can follow the leadership of the franchisor. And if there is a master in place, being sure that you you unlock, you align, you have the right, the same values, the same level of integrity, and so on with the master who who will be your, you know, a primary uh, point of contact for you and, and your success. I've, I've seen situations where people didn't consider that. They said, Oh, wow, you're not gonna make a lot of money in this business or wow, I think I'd enjoy doing this business. And then, you know, two, three years into it recognized they, they were not aligned with, right. with the, with the master or, or the, uh, the owners or the, or not even just the owners, but the leaders, of uh of the franchise so that's yeah I, I think you're you're spot on I, th-
1: I think there are there are a small percentage of people that can just put their head down and do what they need to do to make money and not yeah. worry about that but i think the larger body of people you know all the studies show that people don't leave companies they don't leave jobs they leave managers bosses even though it's not a manager boss relationship you're still yeah. they've got yeah. a lot of influence over what you're doing or not doing and so yeah, I think alignment there is is crucial. At least it is for me, and and I think most people, I think it is.
0: Yeah, and people, I think too, sometimes think their um, their their only perspective is, well, I can, I leave a job, you know, if I don't like where I am or I don't like the people, I just leave the job. But you're in a contractual relationship now in yep. a franchise. You 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 can't just step away. It, it, it's just not that easy. Right,
1: and and in a job, they're paying you a big salary. If it doesn't work out, oh well, I go somewhere else and I get a big salary and benefits elsewhere. In this, you're investing a ton of money, and you're putting yeah, in yeah. some heart, soul, passion, time, energy, getting them launched, and all that.
0: That yeah. you don't want to just walk away from that because you st- sunk a bunch of money into it. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So, um, so back on the master model, then. So for 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 you, it was clear uh, that 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 you wanted to, your personality style. You you wanted to not only make more money, but the broader control. What are some of the other you know pros uh and then the cons? You know, what are some of the other pros and cons about the master model?
1: Yeah, I think some of the pros are um it is a bigger span of control than a unit. So you've got quote unquote more opportunity potentially depending on the model and all that kind of stuff uh the royalties once once the unit franchisees are up and running and they're performing well they don't need a lot of hand holding anymore they need a ton in the beginning yeah. and uh uh but once they're up and running and they're pretty pretty solid at what they do you're more their friend their their confidant they're somebody to just bounce things off of and and encourage and celebrate with and stuff like that. Um, so the royalty becomes almost a passive income stream to a certain, to a certain extent. Uh, so those are some of the bigger pros. Um, I I guess another pro is if you want to actually open your own unit franchises, there's an economic benefit to that because, you know, you're essentially paying yourself for those and, uh, less whatever cut the franchisor is taking, yeah. And um, so you're getting them at a wholesale rate. Uh, some of the, Some of the cons I think, um, it, and I guess it all depends on the model and and which brand is operating it. I, I think some some master agreements largely, there's a limit to how many years you get and then it goes right. away. So right. it's not right. a long term evergreen agreement ours happens to be. So that's, that's good for us. We can pass it on to our kids and, and, uh, or sell it someday, you know, whatever. Um, Some don't have that opportunity. Um, And if they go in knowing that that's cool, it might still be a really, really good model for them. Um, I I think another one for, for me specifically, I I need a lot of stimulation. I need a lot of variety. I, I need a steep learning curve. And all of our franchisees, all of my, on the master franchise side of our business, all of my customers, so to speak, they're in the same business. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: it's the same thing for each one of them. Obviously we're innovating and we're pushing the envelope and we're making things better. So there's new innovations that we're continuing to spearhead. Uh, however, it's still the same business at the end of the right. day. Right. And right. and for me, it gets, at times it can get a little bit boring
0: yeah. because
1: it's like, okay, I got to deal with the same question that I've dealt with for the last 23 years. <laughs> and um, yeah,
0: with passion,
1: yeah, with, passion. Exactly. with passion and <laughs> enthusiasm and, and, uh, uh on awesome. the client side of our business in the unit franchises that we operate, um, every client is very different, right? Every industry, we work with clients all over the place. So there's a lot more variety and stimulation that way. Um, so I think those are probably some of the cons, uh, awesome. economically you're splitting, the revenues with the franchisor or and, and stuff like that. So maybe
0: um, at a higher percentage than if you owned a unit, then, then yeah. If the I own a unit royalty. franchise,
1: I'm going to yep. keep my, my revenues, less royalties. I keep a much larger percentage than I do as a master with the, the, the royalties that I collect that I split with the, with the franchise or. Yep. Um, so my, percent EBITDA is higher on the unit side than it would be on the on the master side. For those so
0: give us, some, uh, give us some give us some highlights. You know, you, you've been doing this uh, 23, 22, 23 years. What have been some of the highlights, uh, again, of being a being a master, a master franchisee? Yeah, I mean, a
1: ton and and some of these kind of go both just being a franchisee and being in business for myself, not necessarily a master, but True. Um, the first and foremost one was being in complete control of my own calendar. Like mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden, it wasn't like I had to be out of, overseas for two weeks while my daughter's learning how to walk. I got to be there. Yeah. I got to schedule my day around my family for the first time in my life. Um I got to coach my kids ball games. I got to be at all their school recitals and all the stuff of life and, and get them onto the bus in the morning and get them off in the evening and all that stuff. So it was, that was really cool. Um, Some of the the global travel being part of a global franchise, having a, having a, a global conference once a year and, And taking the family with us, and wrapping vacations around that, taking three or four weeks of of travel. In fact, we're going to Thailand uh, here next month for our global conference this year. We're taking a month of July off, and we're going to go to Singapore for for a few weeks, and then go to Thailand for a few weeks. So, yeah, I I wanted to have that opportunity in the corporate world. Um, Some of the other highlights are just, you know, the awards, the Helping other people achieve their goals, their dreams, break out and get freedom and, and all that kind of stuff as well. And seeing them grow and develop as human beings and just the getting the comments from people that, man, you've changed my life.
0: Like that, you can't even put a price tag on that. And I, and, I think that's one like- of the that's one of the keys don't interrupt you Craig but that's that is definitely one of the keys to the master you won't get that in a multi-unit opportunity uh you won't get certainly won't get that in an individual franchisee unit uh, owner operator you're only really going to get that that helping other people into entrepreneurism and helping other pe- people generate uh generate um, family wealth you know generational wealth you're only probably really going to get that in a master model don't you think yeah now in in
1: our business we also get it on the on the franchisee side too because working with our clients who own businesses and helping them create generational wealth and all that we get the we get the same thing both both ways in our particular brand right Um, i can't speak to other brands but but yeah it is it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool when we have franchisees go, man, I was slaving away in the corporate world, working 70 hours a week, and now I've got balance and I'm yeah. home for my kids and I'm there, I'm a better husband, I'm a better um, mother, I'm a better spouse than yeah.
0: I would have ever been had I stayed in in the corporate world. Yeah, Yep. yeah. So, um, you know, when you as you think back and I know it's a it's a long time ago, but as you think back to making that transition, out of out of the corporate world and the guaranteed paycheck and so on. Um, and again you you entered this master world, this master franchise space were there any surprises? Can you think back to anything that you went wow I didn't I didn't expect that you know good or bad yeah. you know that might be helpful to an audience that might be thinking of going the master franchise route
1: Yeah um uh, being in the in the emerging brand at the time, Um, I did not fully appreciate the learning curve and the growing pains that emerging brands face. So on on one level, it was a a positive because I got to put my stamp on a lot of stuff because they don't have everything figured out until they have, you know, a a few hundred franchisees and you learn how to how to recruit the right ones and onboard them properly and support them properly and all that. Until then, you're kind of guessing, right? Until you get enough data points.
0: But you bought a franchise, buddy. Come on. (laughs) I know. Exactly. That's what I
1: thought. I thought, okay, franchising succeeds at such a high level compared to other businesses. And it's a relatively cheap investment overall. I'm going to go the franchising route because I looked at a lot of non franchises as well. And this is the one that really captured my heart more than anything Uh, my skills and my and my passions more than than the others i looked at and uh but it was emerging and i didn't fully appreciate that that part of it and so there's a lot more failure early on things like that um so so the pro to that was i got to put my stamp on a lot of things being an emerging brand and and do it my way because it wasn't so locked and loaded and uh the other part the, the i guess the negative if you want to call it a negative is there was more failure early we were trying things we were figuring it out we were working together as a team you know to figure out you know how many how many times we have zoom calls or it wasn't even Zoom. i was gonna say yeah yeah (laughs) conference calls and going hey how do i how do i do this don what do you think what have you tried what's working in your region
0: and, and we uh, uh, here we interview a lot of emerging brand founders and and so I we have a lot of people that watch 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 the podcast from from that emerging brand yeah. standpoint and and this is really uh, this is really a key I think for the audience to hear and that is how fluid the situation is with an emerging brand in probably the first three to five years until they get upwards of a hundred units or or, right. or, or so.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's no different than any other business in the world. They've just chosen franchising as their model for scaling their business. We're and until they get the franchising side nailed down, who are the right franchisees, how do we get them out of the gates properly, how do we support them proper, properly, all that kind of stuff. But they're, they're building the airplane as they're flying it, just like a- any other business, yeah. even if it's non-franchise, they're just using their own capital to grow it. We're in a franchise. You know, there's you're, you're utilizing somebody else's capital to grow.
0: Yep, absolutely. So there's there's one other point. Uh, and then I want to dive more into your specific business. There's one other point I want to talk about here. You're a master franchisee, but you also chose to take on more master territory. So yeah. in my mind, you're also a multi-unit owner. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about that strategy. Why did you do that? What you know? What are? What do you feel are some of the benefits of owning multiple units?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know whether it's a master, or whether it's a a regular unit franchisee. There's definitely some huge advantages to being a multi-unit owner. Uh, the, first and foremost, it's the the economies of scale i can i can run another unit without having to duplicate all the overhead i can just boom bolt it on and run it from here with a little increase in overhead Um, so the economies of scale are 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 tremendous Um, and secondly once you get the first one up and running and you get the knowledge figured out and the mastery and the expertise adding the next ones easier than the first one yeah. so you can just start bolting them on and and normally a lot of the franchisors most franchisors that i know of uh, will have additional incentives and economies of scale for buying multiple units True. right you True. can get your second unit for a little bit cheaper than your first one or you can buy a three pack for a, a, a package price which is a little bit less than three times one unit And
0: so you can get those savings on top of the economies of scale. So I think there's. Yeah. um, So the profit, the EBITDA or the profitability of the extra territories is should be better than the first one. Absolutely. It's not burdened down with all the the duplication. Correct. Correct. And, And and if you
1: have a passion to help other people, which a master should, somebody who's for sure in the master kind of a business. You're helping other people, like you said achieve their entrepreneurial dreams, and you're helping support them to be successful and take care of their families and their customers and, and or clients, depending on the kind of business it is. And so if you really have a passion to help other people, you get to scratch that itch a little bit more, the bigger the terror, the the more territories you end up. True,
0: true, true. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, when I get really sharp business people on the show, I also often like to ask, uh, what are you seeing in business right now what are you seeing in the market uh, uh any anything going on any trends uh anything that you know that's going to be useful to the to audience to the audience in general yeah
1: um for, first and foremost you use the word really sharp very loosely with me guest to say it well you're my friend I guess. <laughs> at any rate um yeah i obviously the pandemic changed a lot of stuff, right? And so uh, going to video, remote, all that stuff was a big shift. Um, We're certainly seeing, and we were predicting this right in the beginning of the pandemic, that uh, getting people back to the workplace Mm -hmm. was going to have to happen at some point because you just lose culture and you lose transfer of knowledge and wisdom and experience to the next generation if they're sitting behind a screen all day.
0: yeah, They yeah. can't
1: overhear conversations by the water cooler or down the hallway or whatever. Yeah. They can't absorb stuff by osmosis. And, and that personal hand-holding mentoring just isn't there. Yeah. Um, so so I think there's been a challenge in the uh, a lot of the industries of how do we get our people back and how do we get them to want to come back? um labor in general is very tight right now that's that's continued to, to be there um and so setting up re- really getting clear about the culture and what people really want out of work yes they need to get paid a certain amount that needs to be worth it for their time and all that but it's really not as much about that as it is about the people that they're with, the culture they're in, the contribution they're in. So getting that stuff really nailed so you can differentiate from all the other companies out there that are, you know, just, you know, kind of squeezing people and hoping if I pay them enough, they're going to
0: stay here. I think people, I think that shift has happened. Uh, People started to recognize it. It's, it's about life, you know, because life was so fragile during, during the pandemic, that, exactly. that there's more to life than just clocking in at eight oh. and clocking out at five. Yep. Uh, and and so, like you said, if I'm going to spend that much time w- at at a place with people, I want it to be with the right people or right. I want to be incentivized correctly. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. And, point, and I'd say the,
1: the last big trend I'm seeing right now is, uh, I guess two, embracing of technology. You just have to embrace it. AI is coming on strong, so we're doing a lot of research and testing on different things in AI in our space and with clients. So uh, it, it's it's coming one way or the other. So you, you've got to embrace it and at least learn about it and understand it and see where it does fit or where it doesn't fit, things like that. Yep. Uh, and then just the economy in general. That, I mean, it's a it's a bubble. I I personally believe we are smack dab in the middle of a recession, whether the fed or the government will admit that or not. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're just keeping it propped up on ether. So it's, it's (laughs) preparing for that. The interest rates have gone up a lot. Uh, so loan monies are a little bit more expensive. Banks are a little bit tighter. They're a little bit more conservative. So somebody going into business for themselves, it's a perfect time because, uh, there are a lot of large corporations that have been already doing layoffs or, or hiring freezes and stuff like that. And that's going to get worse when the bubble eventually starts truly popping. Totally, And um, 100%. most most wealth is made during recessionary periods when hmm. people go into business and start their own businesses. So, so it's a perfect time to get into your own business, but it's going in with a really buttoned up business plan. If, if you want, uh Bank financing, having a great business plan that's based on real numbers and conservative cushions built into your plan, because there is going to be a correction. That's just a, the nature of the cycle, and just be prepared for it so you can take advantage of it.
0: Yep, yep. So let's get uh, let's get down to you. What, where are you? Uh, you know, what states are you in? And then tell us who you're looking for, because I know uh, I obviously I know Action Coach very very well, but. Uh, I think each one of the masters has different, uh, different interests. They're looking to partner with different kinds of people. So let's take the last, well, let's take, I've got one other question after this, but let's take a minute or so. Who are you, where are you? And and who are you specifically looking for in case we've got people in your, in your territory that are, that want to become coaches?
1: Yeah. Thanks Don. Um, I'm physically in Columbus, Ohio, but we own six States in the upper Midwest. We have Minnesota and Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio, and uh, the the folks we look for are people who fit our culture. Obviously, um, that's really really crucial. Our core values and alignment, um, uh, business builders, team builders, people with full P and L responsibility, hmm. uh, people who've who owned other businesses or they're clearly on the path to that, and. Uh, and They're too entrepreneurial for the corporate world. Some, somebody who sat in the same function for 30 years and never got promoted and did the same thing for the same company probably isn't the right fit for us. Somebody who's a little too entrepreneurial and bounced around a bit, they pushed the envelope a little too hard,
0: tends to be a really good fit for our, our world. Um,
1: and you're not beard. looking
0: anymore with the transition, I know, and we, we're running out of time, but, but yep. with the transition that Action Coach has made, you are looking for people that want to be business owners, not just want to coach.
1: Correct. We're, we're looking for people who truly want to build wealth, want to build an asset for the future. They don't want to be the coach. They, make, they may coach a handful of clients. Uh, but they really are a team builder, a business builder who can then hire the coaches to be employees for them.
0: Correct. And then uh, I always ask this last question in 30 seconds or less. What, uh, is there anything, any kind of a message or a final thought that we haven't talked about that you want to be sure the audience gets, the audience hears kind of a uh, like, oh, wow, you know, I wish that I'd have said this or that. Any other thoughts that you want to be sure the, 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 the listeners get?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I would just say life is really, really short. Mm-hmm. And look, project out in your mind's eye, out to being in your 80s and you're sitting out on the back patio or the deck with your family and you're celebrating life It's your birthday or something, everybody's over and you're giving them some life advice to leave them with. If you're considering going into owning your own franchise, you're considering making the leap out of the quote unquote cushy, comfortable salary and benefits from the corporate income um, project out in your mind's eye to sitting out on that back deck and giving your grandkids and great grandkids some life advice and going, man, I wish I would have, or Like project out as if you stayed in the corporate world and go, am I thinking, I wish I would have went for it early on when I had that chance? Or am I glad I stayed in the safety of this job, even though I I really did not enjoy it? And at the end of the day, life is short. Go for it. You You get one shot. So go for it. Don't be dumb. Plan. Do your due diligence. Do your research. Put together your plan. And then just go execute.
0: Awesome, man. I, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for pouring into to the audience. Thanks, Craig. Awesome, Don. Thanks. Good seeing you, brother.